Welcome back to our study of 2 Kings. We are in 2 Kings chapter 11 today. And in the last couple of sessions, what we've seen is Jehu, who was anointed king over Israel, bringing judgment upon Jezebel and the house of Ahab. In this session, as we look at chapter 11, the attention in 2 Kings is going to shift back to the kingdom of Judah. Remember, that's the southern kingdom. Israel is the northern kingdom. It's going to shift back to the kingdom of Judah. And though there are some hard things in this chapter, things are going to start to look a little bit brighter. So let's dig in to 2 Kings chapter 11. So it says in verse 1, Now when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the royal family. But Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the king's sons who were being put to death. And she put him and his nurse in a bedroom. Thus they hid him from Athaliah, so that he was not put to death. And he remained with her six years, hidden in the house of the Lord, while Athaliah reigned over the land. So this is taking us back to chapter 9, when the king of Judah, Ahaziah, was killed. Remember, the king of Judah was with the king of Israel, and Jehu came, and both of those kings were killed back in chapter 9. And so now chapter 11 tells us what happened when Ahaziah's mother heard about that, right? So verse 1, when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the royal family. So when she realized her son had died, who is the king, right? Then what she did was she tried to destroy all of the royal family and take the throne for herself. Now, unfortunately, this was not a terribly uncommon thing in uh, ancient history, right? That, um, and maybe even not so ancient history, that when someone wanted to take over the throne, when there was any kind of significant transition of power, that they would put to death anyone who they thought might be a rival for that throne, might try to make claim to that throne or try to seize uh, that throne through some type of you know, military power or political maneuvering or whatever. They try to rule all that out by just killing everybody who even had uh, you know, a decent claim or even a maybe a stretch of a claim to the throne. So that's what she did. That's what Athaliah did. But then there was this woman in verse 2 who uh, acted to protect one of the heirs to the throne. Right? Her name was Jehoshaphat, and we're told that she was the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah. So she was the sister of the king who had been killed. And what she did was she took Joash, the son of Ahaziah. So I guess this would have been one of her nephews, right? She took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the king's sons who were being put to death. So don't know why she picked out this one son. Maybe he was the oldest and therefore the most likely to be king, right? The one who would be the, the rightful heir. But for whatever reason, she took Joash, one of Ahaziah's sons, from among his other sons, and she rescued him. She protected him. She delivered him. Right? It says she put him and his nurse in a bedroom. So she hid him away right, with someone to take care of him. 
And then it says, Thus they hid him from Athaliah, so that he was not put to death. So he was preserved. And verse 3, he remained with her six years. So Athaliah reigned for six years while this little boy was growing up and was being protected and hidden from Athaliah uh, so that one day he might become king. Right. So Joash was preserved and protected. And then verse 4 says, But in the seventh year... Jehoiada sent and brought the captains of the Karaites and of the guards and had them come to him in the house of the Lord. And he made a covenant with them and put them under oath in the house of the Lord. And he showed them the king's son. Now, a lot just happened there, right? So first of all, we're introduced to this man, Jehoiada, who's a priest. And we wonder, where did he come from? But Second Chronicles, which covers some of the same ground, right? First and Second Chronicles cover some of the same ground as First and Second Kings. Second Chronicles 22.11 tells us that the sister who rescued Joash was married to Jehoiada the priest. Okay, so there's a, even though we're not told about that connection in Second Kings, that's, that's there, right? So the, the sister of Ahaziah who saved Joash, she's married to Jehoiada the priest. And so Jehoiada, in the seventh year, Right, this is six years have, have gone by. In the seventh year, he brings these men, these uh, captains of the Karaites and of the guards, and he brings them to the temple. Remember, that's where, in verse 3, that's where the, uh, the young king-to-be is being hidden, right, is in the temple, the house of the Lord. So he brings these men there, and he makes a covenant with them, which uh, I'm assuming that means basically he's... He's binding them with, with a kind of oath or promise so that they won't reveal what he's about to show them and tell them. And then he, it says he showed them the king's son. Right? So it's almost like he pulls back the veil and says, there's a, there's a true heir. There, there's a son of the king who's alive. He's been preserved. Here he is. Right? And so then verse 5 it says, And he commanded them, This is the thing that you shall do. One-third of you, those who come off duty on the Sabbath and guard the king's house, another third being at the king's, or excuse me, being at the gate, sir, and a third at the gate behind the guards, shall guard the palace. And the two divisions of you which come on duty in force on the Sabbath and guard the house of the Lord uh, on behalf of the king shall surround the king, each with his weapons in his hand, and whoever approaches the ranks is to be put to death. But with the king... Uh, should we be with the king when he goes out and when he comes in? So without trying to parse out what he's saying there about all their, you know, their shifts, their rotating duties uh, and locations and whatnot, what he's saying is we need a guard around the king all the time, right, to protect him, to keep him safe, because as soon as somebody finds out who he is, right, we know what Athalia is going to want to do. She's going to want to preserve her throne, right? So um, a few people now know about this son of the king being alive, and they've um, been bound by covenant with Jehoiada, and they are to protect and guard the king. All right, verse 9. The captains did according to all that Jehoiada the priest commanded, and they each brought his men who were to go off duty on the Sabbath with those who were to come on duty on the Sabbath, and came to Jehoiada the priest. And the priest gave to the captains the spears and shields that had been King David's, which were in the house of the Lord. 
And the guards stood, every man with his weapons in his hand, from the south side of the house to the north side of the house, around the altar and the house on behalf of the king. Then he brought out the king's son and put the crown on him and gave him the testimony. And they proclaimed him king and anointed him. And they clapped their hands and said, Long live the king. All right, so we've got a reminder here, right, that this king is going to be sitting on David's throne, right? Uh, the tribe of Judah, right, was not taken away from the house of David uh, when the rest of Israel was given to um, Jeroboam, was taken away from Solomon's heir. Uh, just Judah and the tribe of Benjamin stayed with the house of David. And so there's a reminder here with King David's uh, shields, right, that this is an heir to David's throne. Someone's going to sit on David's throne. Um, and we're also uh, told that he's anointed and made king, right? He's proclaimed king. Um, and he's got a crown put on his head um, and and all that. So, so here we have now... Um, a, a son put on the throne of David. Uh, David's shields are there, right? And he's anointed to be king like David was. Now, Athalia, of course, is not going to take this uh, lightly, right? She's going to protest. So what is she going to do? Verse 13, when Athalia heard the noise of the guard and of the people, she went into the house of the Lord to the people. And when she looked, there was the king standing by the pillar, according to the custom, and the captains and the trumpeters beside the king, and all the people of the land rejoicing and blowing trumpets. And Athaliah tore her clothes and tried, cried, treason, treason. Okay, so Athaliah, who had put to death the rightful heir to the throne, right? Now she's the one protesting. This is treason that this young boy, Joash, has been proclaimed king. But then verse 15 says, Then Jehoiada the priest commanded the captains who were set over the army, Bring her out between the ranks and put to death with the sword anyone who follows her. For the priest said, Let her not be put to death in the house of the Lord. So they laid hands on her, and she went through the horse's entrance to the king's house, and there she was put to death. So she was executed, right? But they didn't want to do that in the temple. All this is taking place apparently in the temple. So they escort her out, right? And then she is executed. All right, verse 17. And Jehoiada made a covenant between the Lord and the king and the people that they should be the Lord's people and also between the king and the people. Okay, now things are starting to look better, right? So Jehoiada is an important figure here because he is a priest who is doing what priests are supposed to do. He's mediating between God and men. He has uh, preserved uh, the rightful king and had him anointed. And now he is taking the lead in establishing a covenant between king and people and their God. He is restoring things to the way they ought to be. And notice this, I mean, in one sense, this started with one woman, right? And then one man with uh, the sister of the king who preserved his son when all the others were being put to death. And then her husband, Jehoiada, the priest, 
who brought the king out at the right time, told the right people, had him anointed, and now is doing things the right way, right? Reforming these bonds, right? These relationships, reestablishing the, the importance and significance of the connection between the people and the king and their God, the way God had set it up for his nation to work. Verse uh, 18, Then all the people of the land went to the house of Baal and tore it down. His altars and his images, they broke in pieces, and they killed Matan, the priest of Baal, before the altars. And the priest posted watchmen over the house of the Lord. So, here again, as a counterpart right, to setting things right, they're also dealing with what has been wrong. Once again, Baal worship is a problem, uh, just like it has been earlier in First and Second Kings. And so the people are uh, dealing with the worship of Baal. They are uh, seeking to remove it from the land. And so no more priests, no more Baal worship. Uh, the house of Baal is torn down. His altars and images broken in pieces. They are getting rid of idolatry. Right, because they are seeking to do what pleases and honors the Lord. <clears throat> Verse 19, almost done. And he took the captains, the Karaites, the guards, and all the people of the land, and they brought the king down from the house of the Lord, marching through the gate of the guards to the king's house. And he took his seat on the throne of the kings. So all the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was quiet after Athaliah had been put to death with the sword at the king's house. So all is quiet now, the king is on his throne, things are headed back in the right direction. But before we finish, I want you to think about this, right? Uh, many of you have hopefully heard uh, at some point or another, right, that the whole Bible is about Jesus. Jesus tells us that the things written about him and the law and the prophets and the Psalms had to be fulfilled, uh, that the scriptures testify about him, John 5.39. Um, that the, the scriptures are ultimately about Christ. And this is one of the places where we can see that pretty clearly if we uh, stop for a moment and start to put the pieces together. All right, so in the story we just read, there was a young boy who was uh, heir to the throne, right? Was uh, eventually ended up being king, but somebody else wanted that power and that throne and sought to put him to death. And so he was hidden away and protected until the time when, his, uh, when he was um, introduced publicly, right? And he was uh, declared king and sat on the throne, right? So think about how that connects to the story of Jesus. Remember when Jesus, when he was just a little boy, somebody tried to put him to death. Right? Herod sought to kill all the boys in Bethlehem under two years old because he'd heard about the birth of the Messiah and he knew the Messiah was to be a king and Herod wanted to stay king and so he sought to kill Jesus. But what happened was Mary and Joseph took Jesus and hid him away in Egypt for a time right? until he was brought back. He was finally revealed publicly, not at seven years old right? like, like Joash was, but uh, closer to 30 years old, and he was revealed uh, by the son of a priest, right? John the Baptist, his father, Zechariah, was a priest. So it was a son of a priest who um, publicly announced the appearance of Jesus, right, as he was baptizing. Um, and uh, just like with Joash, 
Jesus was received gladly, at least by some, right, but not by all. Uh, Thalia, when she heard about Joash, right, she cried treason. And some of the most powerful people in Jesus' day didn't want him around. Right? They, maybe because they wanted to preserve their own power, maybe they thought what he was doing was dangerous, or you know, whatever it was. They were wrong, of course, but they wanted to get rid of Jesus. Yet, in the end, not only was he king, he was installed as the rightful king. He is seated now in heaven on his throne at God's right hand. In his case, he was enthroned after his death and resurrection. But even in some significant ways, right, though there's some significant differences, in some significant ways, the story of Joash points forward to the coming of Jesus, to a king who would be persecuted when he was just a boy, tried to put to death, but was hidden away until the right time so that he could be publicly revealed and reign rightfully as king, and not just king, but a king from David's line, a king fulfilling the promises made to David that one of his sons would sit on his throne forever and establish, and his kingdom would be established forever. That king is, of course, Jesus, the Messiah, who died and rose and reigns forevermore, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.